1: <clears throat> Podcast network Asia network Asia
0: It's
2: better and have that same experience when when it's right there in your doorstep so
3: uh, really, a lot to we consumed over here on the show, but um, I think people are learning are learning a lot from this program. And, and at this point, though no, I think I wanted I want to bank on your wisdom, guys. I mean, from all that you've learned, and like like I said, you know, startup years it's like it's like dog years, right? Is there one or two or even three poignant lessons that you have that you wish you could uh, with other founders, uh, founders listening to us here right now, or other business people, uh, so that they don't. You know, they can accelerate their own growth, they don't copy your own mistakes. What would life and business people listen to us right now?
4: I think, and you know, if you treat it like an experiment or oh, try to learn to try long natin to a calculated experiment, of course, right? But mm-hmm. if you treat it like, um, you know, if it doesn't work out and you're less attached to the idea and more attached to the results and the learnings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, list, um, like. My background was in marketing. I was not technical um, um, in my ability to learn what other people were doing. And good
3: evening, good morning, good afternoon to wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma podcast. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs To learn more about how they think about doing business, what are their success secrets? Can we hack those same success secrets? How have they innovated? How have they pivoted their businesses during this pandemic? But more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this now normal? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Just drop me a message. I would love to have them on the show and to learn from them. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC tv Global Pinas TV, and now the Bounce Back Network. Tonight, we are blessed with three guests, starting off with a co-founder of Catalyze Institute, which is a startup digital school on a mission to educate Filipino small and medium enterprises on transformation and digital technologies. We have Simone Villalon, who will be joining us. And under the Catalyze Institute, they've got some very special guests, For an upcoming webinar, which they will have an upcoming conference, we'll also have right now the Delivery Business Unit Head and Digital Acceleration Director of Shakey's Philippines. We'll have Kilda Centeno. And lastly, this lady I've been wanting to get her on the show ever since her startup, or food startup, became part of Y Combinator, which is a very prominent startup organization in the U.S. Her name is Mikey Villarreal of Mad Eats, and Mad Eats is an on-demand online restaurant group that is built particularly for delivery. This coming week, they're going to be having an SME Accelerator course on digital success for small media businesses together with Mikey and with Kelda. And with that, please welcome here on the show right now. very happy to have them. Please welcome Simone Villalon of Catalyze Institute, Kielda Centeno of Jake's Philippines, and Mikey Villarreal of Mad Eats. Guys, girls, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Happy to have all of you. Hi, thanks, RJ. Great to be here.
2: Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
3: Really great to have you here and really inspirational stories coming from all of you. But before we get the ball rolling, let's tell people a bit more about what Catalyze
1: Institute will be doing this coming Thursday. Yeah, great. Thanks, RJ. So this coming Thursday, we're going to be launching the first of our accelerator courses, specifically bringing in thought leaders who are working in the food and beverage business. So this is going to be streamed live and this is going to be the first of a series of courses that we're going to be running focused specifically on helping the Filipino business increase the digital quotient through digital transformation.
3: And again, uh, tell, us, tell us a bit more. I know I described it in a nutshell what Catalyze Institute is all about, but maybe you want to tell a bit, a bit more why you put together Catalyze Institute or why you're doing this specific course.
1: Yeah, and Catalyze Institute, like you said, you know, we, you're talking about this now normal and how we've transitioned into this space where while we're not quite post pandemic, we now know that we need to live in a new way different from the way that we lived prior for us experiencing COVID-19. So during the middle of the shutdown, my co-founder and I, so my co-founder uh, Peter Kauton and I, we sat down and we said, what can we do and how can we look at businesses which need to work in a different way? And we are both very, very passionate about education. So we looked at the education landscape and we thought, what can we do to bring in people from all over the world who have this great theory and great digital leaders who have carried out this theory in the local market. And that's how Catalyze Institute was founded. So we decided to put together a course and we wanted to get this out to as many people as possible. That's why the digital platform made absolute sense for us uh, to go forward. We're now borderless. We can cross time zones and we can bring people from all over the world into the same space and share ideas and make new friends. And what's great about this one is, uh, well, of course, just as a disclaimer, no, Simon is my brother-in-law.
3: I was very happy yes. to have you, of course, here on the show. Simon's own background coming into this program or coming into Catalyze uh, doesn't just come from being an entrepreneur. He was actually an IT executive for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. How did that yep. inform your own decision in creating the Catalyze Institute, Simon? Because yeah. you're solving pain points, and I'm sure that, you know, you discovered the pain point that there is something lacking in terms of the education for the digital landscape. But how did your own background inform you creating a Catalyze Institute? Thank you. And you do me an honor by saying
1: a couple of years at the time. But I think my white hair belies (laughs) the amount of time I spent in corporate. And you know, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, I loved working in corporate, I loved the IT industry, made great friends. And the thing that we were always talking about was how could we bring these concepts from developed nations? into our own industry. So sometimes the concepts or the products, the software, the technology, there was a gap with regard to how it was going to be applied here. So basically speaking, you know, not everyone could afford multi-million dollar software installations in the Philippine markets. Not everyone could take the risk on running an eight-month, 12-month IT transformation project when you're trying to work month by month, quarter by quarter. So that was the gap that we were trying to solve. And we knew that we could do it. So in for my other business, when I was running an IT consulting company, we took those large concepts and we pared it down into doable, executable programs for our customers. And that's what we wanted to share with folks. So through Catalyze Institute, we want to work with companies who are interested in learning how to do this rapid-fire way of implementing, testing, refining, and then relaunching products or projects within their organizations so that they get the best value right away. So it's that technology, that thinking, that philosophy that we wanted to share with people through Catalyze Institute. And that's what brought you here. And the interesting thing also as well, for people who don't know, Peter
3: Kowton is part of Storm technology. Storm is also a very disruptive HR platform. And I was telling the I used to work together with that. And maybe you can share a bit more about that. I draw on that when I talked to you. You were both very passionate. What did Peter also bring into this one? Because I'm thinking you brought the sort of
1: IT corporate background. He, he on his term, brought the, the startup mentality into this uh, equation. Yeah, it's that startup mentality. So Peter had a lot more experience than I did with regard to starting up businesses and running it from an entrepreneurial mindset standpoint. So Peter was very crucial in creating that. And continues to be crucial in creating the product market fit for us and making sure that we hold true to the values that we want to hold true to so that's where peter acts as that uh, compass for us making sure that we're data driven making sure that we know who we want to reach bringing us to market and talking to the people that we want to talk to and bring into the programs helping us build our network and working with communities so that's where peter and i complement each other and we're both very very passionate about education so Peter taught in the grad school of Ateneo for psychology, and I'm guest faculty at UAMP and their master's in IT program. So that underpinning and love for education has been there, and it's kind of like where we were joined at the hip going forward. Fantastic. So if you want to find out more about Catalyze Institute
3: and the programs that they offer, you can see the website over here. That's catalyzeinstitute.com. And their first program will be their digital accelerator program for SMEs, which is going to be this Thursday, that's June 16th, the course is online. And for those hmm. who want to go, there's a special promo code if you are listening right now to the RJ Ledesma podcast. Can you play me fast? Also, here right now, Strauss, can we show their special promo code? i Mikey dito you but it's Okay. Uh, if you can just briefly show that one. So if you don't mind me asking here in the show, uh, I'm sure the rates are very affordable as well, right? But then there's a special promo code uh, yep. for this one.
1: Yeah, for this one. So you just put in, in the forms. So if you go to our website, there'll be a link to the forms there as well. So it is a Google form that we have underneath there. And if you put RJ Ledesma there, we have a number of free slots specific for RG. So the first five get the free slot. And then afterwards, it's 50% off the course fee for you. Wow, first five slots, guys, go for it
3: now, the fifty percent. The commission goes to me. Well, thanks, Iman. Anyway, yes. let's move on to the next one. So thanks so much for sharing. That, that, I mean, the way I want people to understand the, also the entrepreneurial journey of how a company like Catalyze is put together. And later on, we'll go a bit more into your own entrepreneurial journey during this pandemic. But now I have to tell you, honestly, I'm very excited to talk to Mikey because of course I run Mercato Central and we've heard so much of, and in the F&B industry, we've heard so much about Mad Beats and her own background of what she put up. No? And Mikey, since you've gone through why combination, what was your elevator pitch maybe you can tell people briefly
2: how did you explain
3: to an investor or to Y Combinator what was Mad Eats all about
2: Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can say my elevator pitch right now, but (laughs) well, essentially like Silicon Valley is not unaware of the ghost kitchen business model. I think what mattered to them was like, how do you make a ghost kitchen tech enabled? How can you innovate F&B in general? And that's what Mad Eats aims to do. Like we're an online delivery restaurant group and we build affordable, scalable virtual food concepts. And but the question to, to YC was like, how do we know that the food concept that we're actually creating are really what the customers want? Mm-hmm. And that's why it was very important for us to be direct to consumer when you first launch your first brand. Doctor users, figure out what they want to in the first place. And that's exactly, I think that was really what, the reason why we got into YC in the first place was particularly that vision on how we can innovate f and both on the front end, you know, how do customers buy our food online. And that time we were in lockdown, the pandemic, and essentially everything was just for delivery. So how do we innovate that? The second would be on the back end. How do we make sure that the data that we're gathering are the key metrics that we need to figure out if these are the right you know, types of meals or food or beverages that customers will continuously purchase? Because I think uh, more than anything, what matters in F&B is not the business model, it's the execution. And like, that's what essentially MadEats wants to center around, the product itself and whether or not the customer wants
3: that. Uh, it's sort of like eliminating the middleman, which is actually the physical venue, right? You just go straight to the customer to be able to sell the product or to market yes. the product. And then mm-hmm. you just sort of, your MVP is the actual product and you course correct from there to see. Is this ideal for the menu? Is this not ideal for the menu? Do they like this food? Take out the food. No problem because exactly. there's no physical storefront that they have to go to. So you can keep on yeah. iterating without having to have the operating overhead of running an actual store. You can see right now, mad I'm sure many of you out here, if you are foodies uh, like myself, you've already tried some of the food from Mad But I want to take a step back also. Like earlier on, I was asking Simon's own background, and I was informed by his own background. So now I get a much better appreciation of how catalyze came about. And for, for yourself, Mike, you know, I've had a chance to at least understand where you've come from. And I understand you are an alumnus of one of the really great groups here, the restaurant groups here in the country. Can you tell me a bit more of the secret origin of how Mad Eats came about? It didn't come about saying, oh, it's a ghost kitchen that is scalable and doing all these different concepts. What was <laughs> the first, where did it come from? How did it start off for you, you and your partners? Where did the initial idea or pain point come from to create Mad Eats?
2: Well, me and my co-founders, like ever since we graduated college, we've always been interested in F&B and we were just thrown into F&B operations and we were 21 years old and all these cooks and chefs and Managers are just listening to us, giving them ideas and how we can you're, you're, a, you're a marketing
3: person. You're not you're not a culinary person, are you? You're a marketing person. Yes. Market. Uh, okay. Yes. I'm
2: completely a marketing person. And I guess like what we really loved about F and B me, my co-founders, Andy and Keisha, we both worked in the same company before. And what we loved about it was that how highly experiential food is. And we wanted the, the same kind of thinking and the same kind of philosophy when the pandemic hit. And we love creating experiences in a four-walled space and being able to see people to dine and celebrate food. But how can you translate that during the pandemic? And that's exactly what happened to us. During the pandemic, every restaurant had to find a way to innovate. And Matt and Eats was
3: formed in the midst of the pandemic. Eats was born out of the pandemic. It's a pandemic baby. Is that right? It's a
2: pandemic baby, yes. Completely the opposite of the story of Zada will explain later. It was like born during the pandemic. I got a lot of the insights of what we can do to make our products unique. But on the other hand, we wanted to make sure that we wanted tech involved so that we had data straight to us and um, inform us of the next new virtual concept that we were going to make. So, what I did was I just thought of the idea together I mean like the startup community here in the Philippines is super highly helpful and I didn't even think it was going to be a startup in the first place I just wanted it to be a business and then my partners came on board and a lot of people were telling us look you guys are creating like awesome products might as well have tech involved and then we were like okay we're taking things seriously now I think we're going to have to really put this in the kitchen create the first concept and honestly like it only took us a month and a half or even less to build our first concept concept and we really found the right first few and software engineers actually two we had one product designer one software engineer we told them look this is what we want can you just do it and they were like okay but it's not going to be great and i said that's fine i just want to know if what i'm doing is right and um yeah in like a month and a half we were able to launch our website our first brand gang gang from there, it was honestly not that great. Uh, we had a lot of bad feedback but that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly want- what
3: you need especially to start that people don't realize that and I think Simon's <laughs> laughing over here and even Kelta understands <laughs> that sometimes it's more of just product validation that needs to be out there and see if it works and then from there, you know, that's where you start fixing up. It's not fix up at the start and then launch. It's, Launch it and fix up as you go along,
2: right? Exactly. We knew it wasn't going to be perfect. And like for the most part, we had our first CC check also back then. But then, I mean, you'd be surprised with the startup of community. Like you just have to pitch an idea and investors at that time, I mean, like like that's my tip. investors will always invest first in the founder and the mission and what you want to innovate. And um, that was essentially it. Like, how do we innovate delivery? How do we, you know, um, still have that same product centric idea in F&B, but online. I wanted people to to try my food by just simply looking at, at it online and like, I want that fried chicken right now. How do I order it? And that was our strength really. Um, it was brand marketing and mixing it with tech. And that was How we really kicked off our first product.
3: Fantastic, and I want to go a bit more into from first product to getting invested into as a startup. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. But I'm very thanks for the first thanks for sharing the story, Mikey. Many of the entrepreneurs and startup people uh, were eagerly waiting to to listen to your story. Now Kilda over here, I understand Kilda before you became the digital acceleration officer or director in Shakey's. You were actually working in a startup here as well. But before that, that sounds like a very complicated title. Can you help break that down for me as well? Digital Acceleration Director. What exactly does it mean?
4: Just help Shakey's adopt guest-facing technologies that you know we think would be good for our guests. So it's really just about helping the organization adapt to the changing landscape. Because Shakey's is, you know, a brand that has been around for a long time—forty-seven years in the Philippines already. Very, very brick and mortar. So it's about making sure that we're relevant even in the future and that we're able to adapt to what our guests want. No. So primarily, I handle just our, you know, our app, our website, and the supercard. <laughs> Yeah, let's let me further,
3: Let's let's show because Shaky's is here. What am I? You know, I had Vic you here. At the show, love Vic. I understand right now, Kilda. You were the one who brought the pizza to my house during that time. Not you yourself, but you have made sure it came yes. over here. Let's let's for those watching it right now. Let's give a very special Shaky's promo. Uh, let's flash the Shaky's promo here right now, Strauss, if you don't mind. So you can see Makita, mga mukha na, show the Shaky's promo. That's the show is yours. But, uh, but uh, for the for uh, the. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you shop.
4: if you download the new Shaky Super app and it's your first time to download and register, you'll get a free pizza voucher on your first login. Yeah, so that's for anyone here in the show. And actually, if you order, if you're in Metro Manila and you order like right now, you'll get it before the show's up because we have a 31 minute delivery guarantee in Metro Manila.
3: right now.
4: your order uh, order is already, yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) see that
3: Mariel fam over here on the chat box saying, Woohoo! Okay, Mariel, right now, na download kana So you can get the pizza in about 20 minutes, in 30 minutes.
4: 31 minutes, yeah. (laughs) So
3: piping hot pizza from Shakey's right at your house. So thanks so much, Mariel. Now, moving back, so again, download the Super App right now and get your free pizza voucher on your first login. Okay, Kelda, I wanted to ask, no, so let's backtrack a bit on your journey entering into Shakey so we, we can inform people of, you know, how does your own background assist you in your job in Shakey? So you did say earlier on, oh, sabi Mariel, already ordered. Hi, RJ, I work with Kelda now too. Oh, Ang Mariel. Thanks so much. Mariel, if you want to order for me as well, uh, extra pizza, uh-huh. I'll be happy as well, no? Now, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, I understand earlier on that you used to work with Storm before. Is that correct?
4: Is my understanding correct? Yes. Actually, I was an entrepreneur before that. So I was a founder of food brand, actually, one of the partners of Adobo Connection. And then after that, I joined a tech startup, uh, Storm Technologies. And then now I'm back in the food industry in Shakey's, combining, I guess, you know, the food background, the entrepreneurship background, and the technology background. So I'm actually having, you know, quite a lot of fun combining all of those experiences. And the
3: classic Adobo Connection, that's run by a Filipino-Chinese. Yes, I think that
4: was one of the
3: partners there. Okay, I see. I think they were former p people as well. I think that's uh, Former bankers and... Former bankers, oh, sorry. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Now, I
4: used to be with Unilever. Unilever, <laughs> oh, okay, it's
3: interesting yeah. because me and Simon were both p G-Train also is going over here. So interesting backgrounds we bring over here. But what, what, I'm, what I'm interested in here right now is that you were working for Storm. And so technically, you were in the startup world. You got this entrepreneurial background. Why move back into the corporate world after being in a startup environment or even in a founder's environment? If you can help me understand also the thinking behind that one.
4: Well, well, to be honest, I got a bit tired. <laughs> so <laughs> I was looking for a bit less pressure and a bit less responsibility on my shoulders. Because I started the entrepreneurship journey very early. No? I was only in Unilever for five years and then I, I got into startups and entrepreneurship. And I just felt a bit tired. So I wanted something you know exciting, interesting, but maybe not as fast-paced. In fact, I joined Shakey's just two weeks before the lockdowns hit. So, oh, wow. <laughs> my, wish of, my wish of a slightly easier, you know, important but not so important role didn't happen, no? Because my first role in Shaky's, actually, my current role pa rin is I handle delivery, no? Digital's secondary to that. So, I didn't get my wish of looking L- for
3: something. You literally hit the ground running when you came to Shaky's two weeks and then it locked down tayo.
4: Yes, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> there was no honeymoon period no easy period actually and I think you know me trying to escape the whole you know like in startup years because like a year is actually you know it feels like three years right so yes, yes. It's very fast paced every quarter feels like a year sometimes and I kind of wanted to you know slow down and get away from that but obviously that didn't happen <laughs> yeah, God, um, God didn't God think that was best tracks. for you God didn't think was best
3: for you I guess no. he said no you need a stress in your life <laughs> oh, over here, we've got the Chensa Grace Sapalo saying, Woohoo, Sir Simon. Simon got some fans here so saying hi to you. Hi, Chensa. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Kelda, you went back into the corporate work. And you know, I, I'm just referencing my own interview with Victor Gordio over here on the show. And he said, One of the you know key pillars to Shakey's growth is really the delivery and the supercard. I mean, these are. Everybody, when it goes to Shakey's, that's really for me. Of course, the pizza is a competitive advantage, but it's the delivery and the supercard, which is a true competitive advantage of Shakey's. Now, in terms of you know, you had that entrepreneurial background from being a founder of two different companies. How were you able to use, I guess, that entrepreneurial mindset when you came into your job in Shakey's? How did that benefit you when you when you came to Shakey's? And because you know you're working again in a corporate environment, was it wasn't, you able to use that one? entrepreneurial mindset or you had to see opportunities that maybe people could not see if they were in the corporate world
4: yeah i think a lot of it that you know i bring with from the entrepreneurial mindset is really this mindset of let's just try let's experiment and let's see what happens and then you know it's not actually Shakey's isn't very hierarchical but i think part of it also was i wasn't afraid to just you know go and try and talk to people and do things right na parang I didn't really limit myself or my team na okay no this is because sometimes it's like that na parang ah ito lang because this is how it was done before I never let that you know stop me and my team from trying new things no just because it was done that way before doesn't mean it needs to be done that way forever. I that's think right. it's really that mindset. And then trying things here and there. Sometimes small things, hindi na you know, I'll just try and then I'll say sorry if it doesn't work. <laughs> but you know, if it works, I'll, you know, keep pushing for it, right? Doing a lot of pilots actually and experimenting a bit here and there. Th- I think that's really helped. But I think part of it really is na, you know, not to be confined to certain boxes or certain rules that I think... Sometimes when you're corporate for a long time you kind of get stuck doing what you've always done before.
3: That's right. Again, you see that entrepreneurial mindset when you entered into your position. What is the sort of like the biggest opportunity or largest I guess pain point that you could turn into an opportunity for Shakey's from the digital acceleration standpoint?
4: Well, I think from the digital standpoint no a lot of it was really So I, Shakey's naman kasi even before I came in was already investing in technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, they invested really early, and I think Shaky's was one of the first branded apps for delivery that we had here in the Philippines. But that said, uh, technologies change, you know, and a lot of it was about getting the technologies or up to speed, making them work better, or replacing them and you know completely overhauling things that needed to be changed. Everything, of course, are in line with trying to get pizza and, you know, chicken mojos delivered faster. Because speed isn't just about, you know, the guest waiting. Of course, the shorter the delivery time, the better the product is also when it gets to you, right? It's hotter, it's fresher, the chicken's still, you know, crispy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was with that in mind, no? It wasn't, you know, overhaul or just to change things. It was to make sure we could get the pizza delivered faster. Yeah. You know what?
3: Uh, th- there's an interesting perspective that came up in your discussion. You said that you had to move from you want to get a slower pace or more relaxed pace of life by moving back to yes. my, my my son. Thank you, congratulations, Ana. So <laughs> this is how it's like to do work from home, right, Simon? Simone Simon, Simon has Absolutely. a, yeah. a, a <laughs> three-year-old girl, a lovely three-year-old Coco <laughs> over there. So what's you know, it's not exactly I mean entrepreneurship is great if you can live it, right? Because it's a roller coaster, right? And see what I was saying over here, being an entrepreneur is a 24-7 job. It's right? And that, that's really the truth for man. si, was, si Mikey, uh, Mikey knows exactly what we're talking Mikey about. It Mikey it it's <laughs> a non-stop. It's a non-stop. I'm just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you get started, it's, you just keep on going at it. So I mean it's, it's a fun thing, but you must understand that the hustle doesn't stop when you become an entrepreneur. Now, Simon, going back, no, the discussion that you guys are going to be having in this coming Thursday is about digital acceleration. Now, at this point of the discussion, when the people are starting off a business or people are starting off uh, a startup, Yeah, there are often missteps that they have along the way. And I guess this is where the intervention comes in for you guys. At that stage, when let's say when uh, Mikey was starting out or other businesses that, that are starting out, what do you find as the most common missteps that they have and how can they, I guess, remedy
1: at that, at that point? What were your own use-case yeah. use studies? Uh, you know, for what, what I found, like, personally, you know, like when we were iterating, so through the business that we had, or business that we have, you know, so we mentioned Good Greens earlier, so that's the agri-tech business that we run, and Catalyze also, uh, when we are putting it up. One of the first things that we had to give up, and I say we because it's a constant conversation with me and my co-founder, with, with Peter and my, my co-founders at uh, at Good Greens. We have to keep on talking about how we were bringing the product out into market. And we were trying to be as passionless about it when we started to realize that, you know, parang ito, hindi to gagana to, eh. Ito parang medyo supply yata to, no? But it's in some of them where we really, really, you know, can't go about it. Like, no, no, this is the one that will solve all of the problems of the world. We have to hang on to it and you have to push it through. Sometimes in there, <laughs> at that point in time, you know, I had to give it up. all oh, You're right. Let's let's ditch it. It's not the right time for this. Let's shove it and let's see when when we bring this out again. No? So that's one of the things that we have to learn early on that I had to learn early on. You know, parang pagdating sa negosyo walang santo-santo. I mean, everything is up to the consumer. It's up to them to buy it or not. No, We can put out the information. We can educate them. We can say, yeah, this is why this have a lot of value for you. But if it doesn't hit the mark, it doesn't hit the mark. And it has to be pulled then we have to move into something else so that we give that a better thing to, we give that option uh, a chance to survive. If not, wala,
0: talo, no? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
1: And we just burn all of the runway chasing after a dream that we'll never come through. So that's the key thing there now. So what you have to realize also, like what I realized early on is that yeah, entrepreneur, like you mentioned, entrepreneur, <laughs> no, but it's exciting. That's not uh, understate that. No. It's exciting when you when we put out something and it works. And we get the response of the customer when we get and we talk to our customers and say, yeah, that's exactly what we needed. We want more of that. That's super, super exciting. What I learned also early on is that it cannot be fly by the seat of my pants. No, The underpinnings from a financial standpoint... I need to be there, no? And I think we just get better and better at it over time, no? That we realize, okay, if it costs this much, put this one out, and we think that there's this much revenue in it. Over the course of our experience, we just realized, it's parang okay, let's let's roll the dice there. Eto, parang the pa lang because kasi a no? So there's a back and forth. And I guess over time, like, the really experienced ones, um, you know, people who are, Far better than I, you know, they can do it like they can sniff a good opportunity and know whether it'll work or not straight away. But I think it's because they've had all that practice, you know, like looking at the financials, understanding what their revenue models look like, where their markets are, where they get their multipliers. They know how to do that. So starting it out, you know, that was the discipline that... I had to rebuild. No? I hadn't used my accounting skills in years. So I had to like kind of like dig it up and say, See nga? okay, <laughs> how does this work again? And learn. So those two things, I think starting out, don't get attached to any idea because uh, the market knows best. And the second one is if you're going to roll the dice, make sure that the assumptions are sound. Uh, so it's not really a rolling of the dice, but it's more of a calculated risk than it is throw to luck.
3: I'll take pizza break, Lapa. Thank you so much, Shakey's and Gilda. Using the Shakey's app. Thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much. Less than
2: 51
3: minutes. Less than 51
4: minutes. Less than 51 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it arrived in 26 minutes. I was uh, tracking it with the app. I ordered on my app. I did send the shakies to (laughs) r Yeah, chicken mojos and of course, tell uh, this now the hero of RG's children. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Kids are happy now. <laughs> yeah, Stima, thank you so much. <laughs> now, having said that, oh, so shake it up, guys, shake it up, free pizza voucher. Now, about one of the things I want to point out from Simone, what really struck me was also the idea that you can't be in love with your first business idea. And I think you can all agree with that but because sometimes, you know, you can't have it because you 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 gave birth to it. Right? So sometimes your ego is attached to your first idea. Well, sometimes yeah. your first idea isn't the best idea. Sometimes it has to, but you have to get it out of the way. But you got you got to do it, and then you just like with it, when they say course correct, it means that on the way you you get to the correct idea. So don't be stuck on your first idea. That takes a lot of humility mm-hmm. on your part to, to to say yes. That's how it goes. Now, Ma- Mikey, I want to go to you because I find your story interesting. So you know your idea, so you had it, and people don't know Mikey qualified for the Y combination, which is a big deal. In the startup world, (laughs) white combinator is not just here in the Philippines. They look at startups all over the world. Mike, can you tell them what the white combinator is about?
2: Well, it's the largest startup accelerator in the world. And it's harder to get into YC than it is to to get into Harvard, which I find super insane because they get startups who, uh, they get founders who are 19 years old and they ask them to drop out. I myself, I'm revealing my age online. I'm 27 years old, but it's my first ever uh, VC-funded startup. It's my first startup ever. Me and my co-founders are first-time founders too. And I think essentially what YC really stands for is that they really want to look for essentially, the founder first and what they're trying to do and it has to be impactful in a way that how do you change the market for that particular industry and you know they're they're interviewing hundreds and thousands of startups Um, from all over the world. So it's only shocking as well to me that they chose someone, um, like three females, who have never experienced in working in a startup before, let alone like building a startup. Me and my co-founders, we were working in large restaurant groups. But we were just so stuck on this idea. And the YC um, application, it's a lot shorter than you think. It's just one large questionnaire. And it makes you overthink about your business when you're not supposed to, because the questions are like, what is your product? And you're like... What am I supposed to put there? And after that, you go through this interview process. That's literally just 10 minutes. There are like four people down to you. And these four people are highly sharp. They're from um, large startups as well who have exited. These people know their numbers, so they know everything about their country. So you have to know your population, your GDP, and all these things. And it's like, it felt like a debate, you know? Like, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm just 27 mm-hmm. years old with these four people. And then right after that, uh, they just tell you if you're in or you're not. And they invest in you. In my batch uh, it was $125,000 for every startup that they accepted into their accelerator program. And you go through this intense three months of, it feels like startup school, where they teach you everything about fundraising, building a product, what product market fit means, talking to your users, how to talk to your users, how to build your product. And on top of that, you're building your business at the same time. And then at the end of the three month um, experience, you go through demo day, where you pitch to the largest VCs and angels in the whole world and that was Dunder Moti for me and it was a whirlwind experience and I highly suggest for any entrepreneur to just go through even like the process of trying to get into YC teaches you a lot about your startup because believe it or not even there are hundreds of thousands of startups that apply for YC they actually tell you why you didn't get in which is wow. super helpful yeah like so fun fact about why, uh, Mad Eats we didn't even get in the first time And they actually wanted us already. They were betting that we were experienced enough as three founders in F&B. What was lacking was the traction. They wanted some sort of proof. Like, hey. And I was like, at that time, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just make this like a cash flow business? Why don't I just stick to F&B and make us a ghost kitchen and stick to my first VC check and leave it at that? But uh, the second time around, when we finally got traction, YC actually emailed us and said, hey. Apply again, please. Can we talk again? And that actually happened. But there's this misconception of why Combinator is so hard to get into, uh, which it is, it is. It's difficult, it's complex, but the whole experience of trying to get into it in the first place is already a huge learning. And especially for a first time founder, I learned so much in, in that whole experience.
3: Uh, and being a first time founder, I'm sure that there were a lot of lessons gained in that three month period. But help people understand when you join, this was what because I, I had the chance to speak to several Y Combinator, I forget which one right now it escapes my send it from send it, right? Yeah. The initial concept that you come in, is not the concept that you have coming out of Fi Combinator. Oh, when yeah. you came in, what was mad? It's coming into Y Combinator. And after your rigorous three month marine training for startups, mm. what is it coming out of Y Combinator for you guys?
2: You know, um, like my me my co founders' our strength is really is in product and brand. Like we really love creating food concepts. Even prior to, I mean, like it felt like a hobby almost, and then a passion project, and now it became a large large business. So in the beginning, what we wanted to just like put all the products that we wanted online. Uh, through our own platform and be direct to consumer. But what came out of it was that we realized that there are so many other verticals in this ghost kitchen that we can explore using tech. Like for example, we realized along the way that it's not just about the front end for ghost kitchens, but even on the back end. Like how can we, you know, lessen the manpower in a in a in a space and just have them use tools to see the orders easily. So it wasn't just about the platform itself. It wasn't just about Co. And maybe later on, soon we'll have an app and all these things. But it was also like, how do we decrease errors in the kitchen? And that's essentially what we're trying to do always. Like At the end of the Y Combinator program, Maddie's became this like F&B and tech company. And that's a mouthful to say because F&B in the first place is already so complex. What more adding a tech layer to it, which is something exactly. that I'm... Trying to navigate towards you, I'm still finding my product market fit
3: here. <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, in startup years, you're about 50 years old right now, Mikey. Feels like, it. I think yeah, it feels, feels like. High. I'm sure it does. But they, like like Simone said, and I smell it's quite a roller coaster ride. Right? You know, there is something to be said for being an entrepreneur and and riding on that adrenaline high. Uh, and I want to talk now again, Elda. You know, because you've had the chance right now to see things with a bit more perspective, not really with with shakies. And in terms of digital acceleration, I mean, you are the, the digital acceleration director. When you also look right now at other companies, uh, SMEs or large ones. What are you seeing as what these other companies still need to do to be able to get into the digital acceleration space? Because people just don't know sometimes where to start off in that field or how to do it properly. Because, you know, this is just mean getting an app. Getting, I mean, it's not there's no consolidated idea. Can you share with people, share with us some idea of, you know, what does it mean to digitally accelerate your business?
4: I, I think it really starts by first asking the question, what are like the pain points that really need to be solved? Because there's a lot of technology out there and it doesn't have to be custom built. There are a lot of like tools that can be bought that, you know, if you put it together will be, you know, virtually custom, like a custom thing, right? But it really goes back to what's the, the biggest pain point you have in your business right now, whether it's um, customer facing, right? Or it's in terms of operations, because like what Mikey spoke about in terms of store technologies, right? And how do you get the order to your ghost kitchen the fastest way possible with the least amount of errors? So that's a technology that actually Shaky's invested in. And one of the technologies that I've been and my team's been improving upon quite a lot since you know i've entered it's one of the technologies that allows us to do this 31 minutes anywhere in metro manila because that order from my app or from the call center to the store has to be accepted in a minute so i mean it's it's really about like i think identify all the pain points from start to end and then just keep chipping away at it it's never going to be perfect that you know, one time, right? it's it's about prioritizing, okay, this problem first, then this problem, then this problem. And then eventually you'll have an ecosystem of technologies that you know will hopefully work together, right? So I think it's really just going back to what are the pain points, what are the problems? and then just chipping away at it little by little. Sometimes I think that people get overwhelmed. And companies get overwhelmed that they have to do everything right away.
3: Yes, exactly, exactly. Like Simanu saying over here, it's the reality of a silver bullet that solves all the issues of your digital acceleration or transformation. Walang ganyan. Yeah.
4: walang ganyan, walang ganyan. And I think there's a lot of pressure to get things done right away because of how fast the market is changing, because of how fast you know entrepreneurship moves at a very fast pace, right? But I think there's really also a lot of discipline needed in, okay, this first, this is the biggest problem I need to solve first. Okay, then this next, then this next, then this next. Because it's not there really are a lot of tools out there. It's not about the availability of tools anymore. I think it's about what tools are best for my company, what tools are best for my business that I need to introduce and work on.
3: And maybe both Simon and, and you can help me help me address this question. You're talking about the tools now, no? And I understand because some companies, like, you know, for, very, for MSMEs, they don't even have an IT person working on board. There's an IT consultant. And they don't know where to start off. I mean, they can chip away at the problem and say, okay, I've identified the problem, but I really don't know what to do next. <laughs> do, do I hire a software engineer? Do I get an off-shelf solution? And these are very basic. Maybe for you guys, it's something that you already know, but then... For others who are just starting off the ground, they're trying to figure out where do we go from here? How
1: should they move on from from that point when they once they identified the problem for them? Well, I'll jump I'll start off and then I think, uh, ben, I think it'd be interesting to hear uh, Mikey put this together. She was saying that she was not a tech person she had to get a tech person to kind of like explain it. You know, I, the I'll jump on to what Cal did said and I'll latch on to that, which is finding out and deciding what the most important pain point is to address right away. And then after that's decided on whatever the criteria is, you know is it because is it because the workforce is getting is getting stretched because that's not solved or does it cost too much money because we're not addressing it? or are the customers unhappy because we're not addressing it? no so every business will have their own priority area. And they have to choose which one to focus on. The reality is that, especially for entrepreneurs, we only have so much bandwidth from a brain capacity standpoint that we can take, no? So after we decide which area we're going to focus on... Then- We have to be, and we have to do the thing that entrepreneurs hate doing the most, which is being patient. To be patient with everything else, while we solve that one thing first. No, so solve that one thing because, from a tech standpoint, once you choose it, it can be off the shelf. You can choose to build it. You can buy software as a service. You know, the interesting thing, and uh, Mikey touched on this earlier. You know, there is actually a very, very wide and deep startup community and that startup community what we find is that you're very game to work with you to work with us to try out new things. No. So if you find the right partner and from a tech perspective, they could be established, they could be a startup, but once you establish that trust with them and you have them focus on uh, that one business problem that you want to solve right away, your most pressing problem, then it happens faster than you realize. Then you can move on to the next one then move on to the next one. right? It could be as simple as downloading, let's say, coordination is your problem. Download something like Anasana or a Trello and getting all of the team focus on one single view of the important projects. It could be as simple as that, uh, or it could be a little more complicated where you have to really sit down with a group that can advise you and say, okay, what is the best solution to solve the the customer, the kitchen ordering system so that they can get it under one minute. That's, it's, you know, Kelda says it's so nonchalantly, but it's, it's <laughs> difficult to get it to the right kitchen at the right time to send it to the right store. It, it's not a simple thing. So that really means that they've thought about it and they've put the, the brain work behind it to get a good tech solution behind it. So, for me, it would be that, thinking about what the most important thing is, spending that brain power where you need to spend that brain power, and then choosing the solution that's right for you. No? It doesn't need to be the cheapest, it doesn't need to be the best, but it has to be the one that works for you at that moment. You can change it later. I mean, three years later, or four years later, when you outgrow it, you can change it. No problem. We think, again, like our ideas, if we get married to, we're not married to the the tech right away. You know? We do invest, we do have an ROI period, whether it's three years, five years, whatever it is, but evaluating you know that's the hallmark, and I think you talk about that in your podcast quite a lot. Not you, the hallmark of entrepreneurs you're always evaluating the solution and the problem and the market all the time and then innovating. So it's the same thing, you know, when we invest in something, it's good for the moment, and then maybe you want to innovate over time. And that's what we've had to do, we've had to throw out solutions, um, and recreate them when we find that we've outgrown them, and, and it just works for the time and it works. It makes sense to evaluate them as time goes by. Also,
3: um, I, I, this is what I'm very curious about. I just realized right now, especially for the business of Mikey, there were three co co-founders who were all from a marketing background, and they put up. Uh, and it's just no. I mean, not that, I'm, not that I'm putting it down. I'm saying that when you're putting this up, you, really, you all of a sudden you realize that tech needs to be sort of like the at, at the forefront or like the anchor of the yeah. product, aside from just the food products. How does it work right now that you know tech isn't, not just in your blood, but how does tech become strategic to you right now? I mean, that's not, there's not a co-founder who is, who is a tech person. Did you have to bring somebody in to be the primary tech person or a, a co-founder now who is also a tech person? How are you making it now an integral part of your strategy in terms of both, I guess, HR and in terms of also investment?
2: Well, okay. In the beginning, honestly, um, we all realized you're non-technical, the three of us. But uh, I had experience in F&B operations. My two co-founders are really product and growth. And the first thing that we did was actually, we wanted to talk to customers first. We wanted to see, like, are we going to really invest in tech? And, like, how is tech going to play in food in the first place? We were very traditional. We didn't know um, exactly where to start. And that's when, like, what Simon said, you really have to ask for help. And that was the first thing that we did. Luckily enough... I'm surrounded by, now I have a few YC um, friends who just give me advice like, look, you don't have to find the right CPO or the right tech person right now. Ask your customers first, you know, like how are they going to use your product? How wh- What's the best way that they can order your product? And then you can start from there. Then you find, you know, you try to find the perfect technical person for that particular pain point I'm trying to solve. And at that time was, how am I even going to get the customers to order my food? And how will my kitchen even know if the food, if someone's ordering from Mad Eats? I'll share with you in the early days, you know what we did? We used Viber. The three of us, we were non-technical. So what we did was we would get the order from our platform, send it to our kitchen through Viber. That's how happy we were and even then, we got into Y Combinator that time already. And that was fine with them because what mattered was they wanted a sense that people wanted our product in the first place. Then to the second question was the technical founder, right? A tech- technical person under our team. And since we had no experience in that, I think one thing you need to realize as a, as a founder is you need to know what you can and can't do. And that's why like you really... I have zero ego. You can't have ego at all when you are a founder because that's how you find the best people to help you solve the problem that you're trying to essentially solve, right? And I guess uh, we found um, a CTO who helped us navigate, like, what is the product roadmap? Like, what exactly do we need to build so that we build the right things? We don't have to build everything. You know, you don't have, we don't have to build a POS system. We won't have to build an inventory management system. What is um, integral to MadEat? And that for us essentially was just the, the ordering process from front end to back end. That was important for us. And our CTO had to choose like, what do we buy off the shelf? And what do we build ourselves that really fits for our customers? So going back to my first point, it was really important for us to talk to our customers first. Then we find out like how does tech play, at least for MadEat's mission and vision. Which was really to make delivery experiences better and have that same experience when it's right there on your doorstep. So yeah,
3: really a lot to take in from you guys, and I wish we had more time. I didn't realize how much time we had already consumed over here on the show, but I think people are are learning a lot from this program. And at this point, no, I think I want to bank on your wisdom, guys. I mean, from all that you've learned, and like I said, you know, startup years is like it's like dog years, right? So you know. You consume so much in a short period of time. Are there any other life or business hacks that you guys have? What, what would one or two or even three poignant lessons that you have that you wish you could share uh, with other founders listening to us here right now or other business people so that they don't you know, they can accelerate their own growth they don't copy your mistakes. What would those be? Can I start off with you, uh, Kiana? What, what are the three life and business hacks that you want to share with people listening to us right now?
4: I think... First is to treat things like an experiment, right? What's your hypothesis and what do you want to verify? I think there's a tendency to be like, oh, this has to work. Well, a lot of times it doesn't work. And, you know, if you treat it like an experiment, oh, try ko lang to, try lang natin to, a calculated experiment, of course, right? But Mm -hmm. if you treat it like that, you don't feel so bad after you know, if it doesn't work out, and you're less attached to the idea and more attached to the results and the learnings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the second one I think is the entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship journey or whatever journey. It's really uh, I think about learning how, in some ways, to become a generalist. Like my background was in marketing; I was not technical. I had no food experience, but you know, I had to learn these things along the way, and really. Invest a lot of time in my personal learning, in my ability to learn what other people were doing or what other function needed to be done. Like you know what Simon said, na all of a sudden he had to remind himself about all that finance and accounting, no? mm-hmm. So it's, I think sometimes we tend to put ourselves in a box. Na ito lang yung background ko, ito lang yung alam ko, and I think that box, like throw that box away. It's gonna be really hard if parang, you, you think that way, you know? I think those are the top two for me. Thanks so much, Kyoto so,
3: of shaky's Philippines. And again, don't forget, okay? Shaky's the ICA. Please download the Shakey's app here right now and you get the free pizza voucher for Shakey's. Thanks so much. It took 26 minutes to get to my house. Download the Shakey's app here right now. Uh you can see it there on the screen. Thanks so much. And thanks as well to Victor Goria, the great people at Shaky's Philippines. Mikey, I guess it's your right turn now. What I mean, you, you learned a lot in white combinator. Maybe you can share what are the three biggest things that you learned that you want to share with other Filipino startups?
2: Oh my gosh. Um I still have I, I definitely still have a lot to learn. I'm learning everything. I'm learning finance, accounting, tech, and everything. But if I could sum it up, I think number one, especially being a young entrepreneur, it's important to ask for help always. And I think uh, there's always this misconception that you know entrepreneurs are intimidating, especially founders who are maybe in their CEC or D, but you have no idea how helpful they are. I've spoken to a lot of them and they're super down to earth and they're really willing to help you even connect you to the right people. The right potential even partners, you know, like especially if you if you have a mission and vision in mind, but you want a technical founder with you. The right people always come along, so there's no harm in asking for help. Always, I I think second, which is very um connected to what Maddie is feeling right now, is that trends change and you, we need to be able to adapt real quick. You know, like. Ghost Kitchens was really our central business model in the beginning, but now we're venturing into utilizing the data that we have since we're direct to consumer and figuring out like where else can we take Mad Eats apart from being a ghost kitchen. Uh, right now, we have our first physical Dot Coffee kiosk because Dot Coffee was our strongest um, on-demand product to date. And we need to be able to adapt that quickly. So you need to listen to your users. And I think third, which is actually a surprise lesson, from yc this is the last thing that they told us before we graduated this is my favorite quote Uh, you need to live to give yourself enough chances to succeed so as a founder health is wealth sleep is important you know i know it's hard sometimes i don't sleep sometimes i don't take that advice but you need to live so you can you can succeed so that's something i would always have to share
3: Thanks so much, Mikey and Mad Eats. And again, uh, before everything else, may promo palam Mad Eats, sabi promo sa Mad Eats?
2: Yeah, so um, we have a Mad World loyalty program. If you want first dibs on our first few products, if you want the first dibs on our promos, just sign up and um, log in and use your account, and you'll get a lot of free stuff, actually.
3: <laughs> Great. So that's, again, can we flash this Can we flash again Mad Eats one more time here on the screen? Uh, let's flash the Mad Eats uh, website for them. That's madeats.co. Again, madeats.co. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your experience with us, Mikey. And finally, Simon, wrapping things up. Again, let's invite people
1: to the Catalyze Institute and uh, please do share your insights. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so thank one of the joys of working uh, and the startup that we have in Catalyze, if I get to uh, work with folks like you and get to meet business leaders like Mikey and Kelda and get to do it from the comfort of my home so you might be able to hear my daughter in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, I'll jump off of a couple of things that, uh, that Mikey and, and Kelda said now. So starting up things to learn, one is as boring as it is, set up your data model, know what data you need to collect from the very start. It doesn't need to be fancy, it doesn't need to be brilliant, but you have to know what data you want to collect. Second one is join a community. Join a community of people who can encourage you, who can support you, who can find ways to work together, a community that shares your values and can push you forward. I was so surprised when we started out and we did what uh, my kid said. We just called up all of our friends who were in the startup community who had scaled and grown their startups and also expanded to the folks who were doing the same thing in the corporate world. And they were super, super generous with their time, you know, so it surprises us. And it's always good to recognize that there is so much good in humanity that we have to acknowledge and as much as possible, pay that forward uh, as well. And last but not least, I think I know that a lot of you guys already do this as well, but um, I cannot understate and the importance of finding a, a mentor, a mentor who believes in you, a mentor that you believe in, who can take you forward, and who can call you out, uh, who can say when things are wrong, uh, who can tell us what we need to do to improve our business, and a person like that is such a blessing. You know, so if. There's the opportunity for you to find a mentor who can work with you in that way uh, that will take the business so far forward in such a short amount of time.
3: Thanks so much, Simon. Uh, of course, of catalyze. This is this podcast has been like a podcast three X with all the you know what would be packed in. What I would learn in, in in three podcasts into one and really great advice. Hopefully, people get to a lot of people get to listen to the podcast here tonight. But Simon, let's plug it one more time on Thursday. I'll tell people yeah. a bit more about what's happening Thursday and also the promo that you have.
1: So Thursday, you will get to learn from Mikey. You will get to learn from Kelda. Uh, this You can sign up here. The link is there below, or you can go to catalyzeinstitute.com, and the link to sign up will be there. When you sign up in the form, put RG Ledesma, the first five to sign up, get in for free. And after that, if you have that code, you get 50% off on this program. And this leads up into our infinite organization course which runs in September and this is part of our one year learning program for business owners uh, leaders board members and people who want to take their business to the next level through digital transformation
3: again okay, fantastic thanks so much Simone Mikey and Kilda for guesting here on the RG Lidesma podcast may you have may you order more pizzas may you order more uh, <laughs> more of a coffee what is your coffee? dot coffee Not coffee yes order Come more dot coffees And of course, please, or as well, please uh, check out Catalyze Institute. Guys, again, thanks so much for listening to the RG Ledesma podcast. We will see you guys in our next podcast. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Simone, Kilda, Mikey, please have a good one. Thank you, RG. Awesome.
4: Bye. Thank you. Bye.
1: (laughs)